Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to the Drive Your Mind, or is it Drive My Mind? I, I When I was making up the, the theme of the podcast, I was looking to see if someone else had something, uh, uh, a title similar to mine, similar, you know, so I kept up mixing up your and my. So for right now, Driving Your Mind podcast Either way, I guess we'll have to work on the label, but thank you guys for listening to me. Um, I really appreciate your time and hoping to, to capture you with, with whatever um, automotive thoughts are driving my mind, and um, let's go ahead and take a look for today's episode, What Do You Look For In A Motor? Now, let me first apologize. My voice has been somewhat... Uh, compromised. I've been working kind of like nonstop. Um, I'm a school teacher by day. I teach uh, dance classes on Wednesdays. I do after school tutoring, private tutoring. It's like I'm talking constantly and I think it's finally caught up to me. Thankfully not sick, but um, my voice has definitely uh, seen better days. So hopefully as this podcast continues to grow and improve, uh, my voice will as well. So thank you for bearing with me, and thank you for uh, tuning in for uh, this week's episode, What Do You Look For in a Motor? Because we as car enthusiasts, we're always, you know, obsessed with maybe the looks or maybe the, you know, the way it sounds, and we're going to talk about sound in a little bit, but I want to talk about in a motor, because I think this connects with a lot, a lot of people, even those that aren't car enthusiasts. What is it about the heart of the car about the the vehicle that you kind of look for or at the very least acknowledge and we're going to take a look and um my podcast is just not meant to be you know maybe a good 15 minute run walk whatever you're meant to it's just something to tune in and listen to i'm going to eventually add video and and things of that nature but i encourage you to to head on over to my youtube channel you're right and i and you'll get to see a lot of the video and me kind of doing my shenanigans and tomfoolery out in the uh, car community. So um, let's go ahead and dive right in. What do you look for in a motor? And for my notes, I already put number one, economical, right? We, we, we were talking about fuel consumption. And um, before we talk about being green, we're just talking about those that just look strictly at the MPGs. Uh, every time I go, I fill up at Costco, not Chevron or, or Shell. I know that's better quality gasoline, but I, I'm a Costco guy, and um, my Costco luckily has four pumps in a row. No big deal. And uh, um, every time I fill up, I always say, "Hey Siri, you know what is 170 divided by uh, you know 8.9?" and and she'll give me the. Uh, She'll give me the, the results. And, uh-oh, I think Siri's going to talk with me right now. So let me put her on mute. Um, so when when looking at MPGs, uh, I, I found this article, most efficient, fuel-efficient cars out there. And judging with, with number one, you got like the Mitsubishi Mirage at 39 MPG. You know, you're talking about three cylinder, low horsepower, CVT transmissions. A lot of these have CVTs and it's just like, man, if if you're going to judge your, your vehicle based on fuel consumption, your, your choices aren't going to be very good. 
I hate to say it. I mean, you know, these are not bad cars. You know, uh, uh, Honda Civic can get 36 MPG. That's actually fantastic. Hyundai Elantra, you get a 37. And and for the um, for the amount of of tech those cars have, and I, and honestly, the looks. I know a lot of people argue with Hyundai and Kia that they're just copying everybody and and they don't really have their own uh, unique personality. I still think that they they look really good for and, and you get a lot of tech for for the price. Um I've heard bad things about the dealership experience, but that's a whole whole another story that we can go into a whole another uh uh podcast topic. But um again, you you're looking at Kia Rio 36, Toyota Corolla 35 MPG, and these are just straight gas. We're not into the hybrid performance yet. So if if you're interested in the CVT you know, low horsepower motor, point A to point B, but maybe you commute uh, a lot. You know, you hear about these um, medical couriers putting on a hundred thousand miles in in uh, you know in a year. You think to yourself, "Wow, how much gas is that?" And so that's why they're always turning in their uh, Honda Civics, Honda Accords, and and so if MPG is your bottom dollar, your bottom line, um, you got to kind of fight with its CVT. But again, I, I think people are more happy with what, how much is costing at the pump. And especially in California, you know, it's always expensive here, no matter what. Um, I'm originally from the Imperial Valley. So it's about an hour east, or I should say it's an hour west of Yuma, Arizona. So if you look on the map, Yuma is right on the edge of Arizona, uh, near the Mexican border. And then Imperial Valley is about an hour west of that. That's where kind of like the sand dunes are and, and Lamas. And every time I, I fill up in the, uh, in El Centro, um, you know, you, you're talking about four or $5 a gallon unleaded. Let's say we go to Yuma, you know, maybe we want some, uh, Texas roadhouse and whatnot, cause we don't have that in the Imperial Valley. You, you, we go to Texas Roadhouse and it's right by a, a Chevron, so you know higher quality gas. You're looking at like two forty nine, two seventy nine, and yeah, I just think, wow, man, it's like double the price out here. And again, you, you know, you, we can argue about what's a free state and what's not, and gas taxes, so on and so forth. Uh, I want to stay out of that, but yeah, just uh, when you're looking at bottom dollar MPGs. Uh, Honda Civic, Honda, uh, you know, Hyundai Elantras. It's, it's a relatively cheap car, good gas mileage. Honestly, point A to point B, I, I'm not complaining if that's what you're into. Moving on, what do you look for in a motor? Reliability. We're talking about longevity and maintenance. And so this is where we're looking for those uh, million mile cars, right? And um, it's funny when I was doing a little research, one of the uh, the the most reliable cars showing up a 1964 Porsche 356C as one million miles plus. Uh, I, I have no idea about this car. Um, I typically typically don't give the Germans um, the the best in terms of reliability. I, I feel that I think their cars are reliable. Like you'll get. 200 300,000 miles out of a motor but it's the little pieces that break on them look look at the uh the E92 M3 the the little actuator gears are 
are plastic, right? The Vanos, right? They're plastic gears. Why on earth would you make that plastic? Um, and let alone, you know, we're not talking about the uh, the rod bearings, but that's a whole other thing. But I think other than doing those plastic gears and, and the the rod bearings, the E92 is actually a very reliable car. And um, I typically don't think of Germans as reliable, but this, I guess this Porsche is. Um, but yeah, you're looking at the million mile Toyota Tundra. Um, you're looking at the uh, the Honda Accords and the um, Lexus. Uh, remember those Honda Accords? Um, they just have a timing belt, you know, and all the parts are super simple, super cheap to go through, and uh, they they last forever. I mean, if you, I we had a 2000 Accord V6, and I mean, just other than once the transmission was replaced, because remember the transmissions all it was a matter of. Uh, not if, but when, when it went out, other than that, the motor was bulletproof. Um, and then I'm noticing some trucks on here, um, Silverado uh, and Ford uh, diesels, actually, the 3,500 heavy duties, things of that nature. And that kind of makes sense, um, those diesel motors. Granted, that I, I know that they lose power over time, but um, I think just the way that they build them bulletproof wise, like uh, it's something that you can put a ton of mileage on and it just keeps going. So uh, shout out to those diesel guys. I, I don't know too much about diesel whatsoever. And I guess the number one car is a 66 Volvo uh, P1800, 3.25 million miles. Again, no idea about these kind of cars and these older models. I'm talking about more like uh, the modern millennia. And I think you're safe with um, Tundras, uh, Accords, and um, Toyotas, and I guess some uh, diesels. So that's pretty cool. And I don't blame you. Reliability. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a pain to take time out of your day to go to the dealer um, it's, or if you have an independent shop that you trust, trying to look for one, look, going through Yelps, going through Google reviews. Um, I don't blame you if you put reliability as a factor in your purchase and, and for the type of motor you want. So, um, hopefully we continue to, I think cars in general are starting to get more reliable, but, um, it's the little stuff. It's the little things. Uh, you know, everyone says, yeah, I'm on the original motor, but I've done the transmission three times. I've had to do maintenance on, um, you know, this, the, the intake manifold and then uh, the radiators busted four times. And, you know, then then it's kind of like, then it's not really reliable, I feel. So you got to kind of balance out. Yeah, you're on the original motor, but everything else is falling apart. Um what is it? The uh, window regulators, right? Window window regulators on like a, a Honda Honda Pilot, Honda uh, Odyssey. Those things always went out, and it was kind of like, yeah, it was great. This V six is supposed to last forever, but I'm on my fourth window regulator. It's, it's just a pain, right? Moving right along, environmental friendly motors. Now this is where we're going to get into our hybrids and kind of judging off what I was looking for um it's it's kind of tough to to find when you know when you purchase a car or, or <laughs> if you've always just bought used which is fine because cars are so freaking expensive that's a whole nother topic again I can't wait to keep building this podcast but 
Um, I guess more the Europeans measure those uh, CO2 per, you know, greenhouse gases per per cost of the vehicle and maintenance. And it was actually kind of tough to see where exactly um, we kind of lie on the uh, the CO2 emissions and, and the, the grams per parts per million and, and whatnot. Um, but definitely... I, judging from it we're not going to go into electric quite yet but the the plug-in hybrids and and the um the the gasoline hybrids in general are going to bring your lowest uh um you know they're going to give your highest fuel economy and your lowest co2 emissions parts per million kind of a deal you know you're looking at the prius prime the high the hyundai ionic uh the nissan leaf um, I wouldn't get a Nissan Leaf. I know they're bringing the the, the Aria right now, um, Kia Niro plug-in hybrid. But you know we're talking about zero emissions. You know minimal re- emissions, and you know I think someone that's more conscious of of the environment and and someone that's really can track the uh, the carbon emissions of a vehicle. I'm not talking about creating the vehicle. I'm talking about as it's driving. Uh, I would love to to discuss that with somebody, somebody that's uh, more knowledgeable with the carbon emissions per year uh, that uh, a hybrid electric or a plug-in hybrid uh, um, can can do for us versus you know just your 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 high MPG car. So that was a tough one to kind of look up um, and research, but you know we're talking about carbon uh, every year that uh, creates for us. Um, Next, what do you look for in a motor? Quiet, low, isolated sound. You know, you don't even hear the motor. You don't hear the wind noise. You don't hear tire noise, anything of that nature. And uh, the first thing that came up to me was, you know, how Rolls Royce, they, they pride themselves on such smooth, quiet motors. And it's just amazing because you think to yourself, Oh my God, these things are like V12s. They rev what five, five, six thousand RPMs from a V12, and they're just buttery smooth. You don't hear anything. You know, it's just a, a, so quiet. It's a whisper, right? And um, I just found the article again. Like a Rolls Royce is new car, new engine is so quiet. Like it was. It was almost scary for for those driving it around, and um, and probably for those chauffeurs that have to know, like, oh my God, like, am I even driving this thing around? Is it on? Is it moving? Is it turned on? So, um, I, I I can appreciate a quiet motor and car. Maybe not so much in my youth, but um, when I had my 2014 GMC Denali, I, I thought even with the six two, wow. This is such a quiet, like, experience. Uh, such a quiet motor, quiet truck. For being a truck, I didn't hear anything. And I think that was kind of the threshold of, of you know, modern trucks and modern cars, you know, around the uh, the 2010s to the to, to present, where they're really emphasizing these these thick doors and and um, these these you know, what is it? Acoustic laminated ga- uh, glass and, and, and all these things that 
isolate the driver into a more serene environment. And, you know, now you have this uh, noise canceling um, sound systems that, that you know, like uh, active noise canceling, kind of like your headphones, right? And they they block out unwanted noise from the environment and keep your music more serene and, and more engaging for you. And it's just... Uh, I, I I guess this is the new trend, and honestly, it's it's quite appreciable. You you get into a car and you don't hear anything. Like you really are in a uh, in a in a transportation mobile of of isolation. Um, I, rocking my daily my two thousand Nissan Frontier, and that thing is loud as heck. <laughs> you know, you hear the motor. I hear my exhaust leak from the cracked exhaust manifold and and uh yeah that that thing is is loud and, and on so like on longer trips i think to myself man I, I do miss my gmc i do miss a quiet car and you know i mean yeah i have my lexus and honestly when when you pup her around in that lexus you don't hear anything but the whole point of my lexus is, is i want to hear everything i want to hear that v8 right <laughs> so I, I can really appreciate those that want something really quiet. And I'm not talking about Rolls Royce quiet, but, you know, I'm really, I was really impressed with the GMC and I think things are getting better, quieter. Um, I just hate that fake engine noise. And, and that's another topic, but the fake engine noise and, and the manufacturers having to do that literally because the cars are so, so quiet. Um, so I get it. Like, I mean, even the, the, the new Z06 has fake engine noise just at the very top of the RPM, uh, red line, kind of uh, what Savage Geese said, uh, just to, to help with some of those harmonics and that, and that higher end. And I just think to myself, man, a beautiful five, what is it? A 5.5 high revving flat plane crank. And you still have to use, uh, um, Active sound, it's just crazy to me. So, yeah, I, I can appreciate a quiet car. It, it it just helps deactivate your brain and makes you just, you know, kind of turn off for your whole day at work. And, and uh, I miss having a quiet car. I, I really do, actually. A quiet car and a car with cruise control. I just fixed my cruise control on my Frontier, and it's just like a new truck for me, man. It's a game changer. <laughs> Last but not, no, not actually, we got two more. Um, moving right along. This is where we kind of go into uh, what do you look for in a motor? Is it powerful? You know, and, and in what way? Is it the torque? Do you want to feel being pushed back in your seat? Is it the horsepower? Do you want to brag about having that 700, 800, 1,000 horsepower? Um, is it the delivery, the power band? Again, um, I, I really stick up for the, the Subaru, the new WRX and the new Civic SIs because, you know, they don't appear to be any better than, than the last generation. But finally, the engineers are putting more and more into the tuning of their vehicles and they've really helped with the power band and the delivery. And, you know, those cars are actually much more livable and and um appreciable to drive and you will argue like oh you know well what about your s2000 right you know the, the first generation revved out to 9000 and the second generation lost its rpm and it's just like yeah but some people really just want to 
drive more comfortably than, don't get me wrong, I love my 9,000 RPM red line, but yeah, dude, like I, just to get it moving, I'm in like 5,000 RPMs the, the entire way through. So going, you know, forward 20 years, now you got the Civic Si and, and the, the new WRX and yeah, they're not as good as their last generation, but the power band is tuned so much better. And, um, I, I, I love the fact that those are there and I just hope people, people buy them and appreciate them. I want a Civic Si so badly as a daily, that'd be amazing, but Alas, uh, I got a, <laughs> I got bills to pay. I got a mortgage. I got all that. Guys. I was like, <laughs> I can't just stay at home and buy cars all day. If I did stay home with mom, shoot, I'd have like freaking Lamborghini. <laughs> and um, another question is, what does the average consumer think about power versus the motorhead? Right. So, so when when my mom goes and buys uh you know she was looking at the explorer st she actually has the the um the ford edge sport uh 2013 i think 2012 2013 and you know she got the sport that has that that 300 horsepower v6 but you know it's it's my 60 year old mother like she could care less about horsepower but she's always wanted a v6 she always wants a, a car that has power to move up the mountains that's always been been her thing and so she she hates four cylinders she never wants a four cylinders but she wants a good gas mileage too she don't buy a v8 the last v8 she got was a uh four thunderbird i think when i was like five or six years old um and so she's always bought in V6s, always, always, always. And so she's looking to replace soon. I know it's a terrible time to, to buy a car right now, but the Explorer ST she was looking at, and um, Ford right now wasn't giving any deals on that. So, you know, she doesn't want to drop 65, 70 Gs on, on a on a Ford, this is crazy to me, but uh, dude, like the Ford Explorer ST is like a beast, man. That thing, what, it's like... 400 plus horsepower i think it's a it's like a lot it's like way too much for this like 60 plus year old woman almost in her 70s and uh, you, you just think about uh what 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 does she need that much power for versus someone like a, a horsepower addict who's just like you know what 550 horsepower that's it <laughs> it's just like 20 years ago 240 horsepower was a lot man and so again you know we're talking about powerful tunable um looking at here you know you're talking about your supras your skylines um your s2000 obviously and s2000 is going to be on our last one um the 240sx both with the ka there's not much for the ka but um there's a lot for that SR20, and um, I'll go a lot into my 240 that I've kept all these years, and I still have the KA, and I still want to keep the KA. I really, I really like that motor, um, but but it's not it's not a powerful motor by any means. It needs it needs the aftermarket support, but there is aftermarket support for the KA, so I'm hoping to keep it. Um, your Mitsubishi Evolution, your GTIs, obviously the Mustang. Um, your Toyota 86, the RX-7, and God bless you for RX-7, and obviously your Bimmers, um, oh, Mazda Speed made this list, 
Mazda Speed was cool, man. Uh, oh, yeah. Anything with an LS, the GMs. So, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a great list. And I think that nowadays, especially, um, what is it like, like people from Texas that they don't have to deal with the laws in California and they just have turbochargers the size of a desk, just hanging out of the, their, their hood. And, and, and you have people in, in, in California with their supercars and their twin turbocharging them. And it's just like, I, I, I couldn't imagine being in a, in a, 500 600 horsepower car that weighs 3200 pounds like to me that is insane and for some people that's what they drive to to make content and to uh you know show their friends and and um i i can't i i have no idea how 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 they feel that that's not enough horsepower that's not over it's like golly it doesn't make sense to me, but maybe for you. That's why this podcast is meant for everyone. Last but not least, what do you look for in a motor? And this is for me. The feeling. Is it the high revving? Is it the driver emotion? Is it the the input? You know, the, the, the motor that makes you work for it. Immediately thought S2000. Uh, immediately, uh, AE86. Uh, you know, the, the, the original Hachiroku Corolla had, what, 120 horsepower, right? But it ringed out to like 8,800 RPMs and every ounce of power you had to work for it. And that in and itself gives you that emotion of driving. And, um, you know, your modern cars, you know, your Ferrari 458, I mean, that thing is 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 the is a beauty it just sounds amazing um your gt350s you know the the first one to really uh, you know make flat plane crank known to the masses because i mean we've had flat plane cranks in in the uh in the in the um you know in the ferraris and the lamborghinis and things of that nature but to get a flat plane crank in in a $65,000 mustang it's like i don't know why a thousands and thousands of people didn't go Flock in and get that thing, man. The thing is beautiful. Uh, my brother has a um, Grabber Blue, and dude, he doesn't. Dude, that thing only has like uh, fifteen hundred miles, man. That thing's gonna be a collector thing. That's all he does uses it for. Um, and I'm trying to keep. Obviously, I'm trying to keep my mileage low on all my cars, but it's just like it seems like I drive a little bit more than he does. Um, you know, your, your S85, um, your V10, that's the V10, um, BMW from back when, way back when. And, and remember, no one thought in, no one ever thought that the emissions were going to continue to get stronger and stronger and stronger and more restrictive and more restrictive to where, you know, V8s are, are going the way of dinosaurs and, and people need to realize that like now. Um, so if you want like a high revving or a massive amount of cylinders, like this is it, you know, um, look at Audi's RS3, the five cylinder thing sounds amazing. And, you know, the five cylinder is dead. That that's it. Like RS5 performance five cylinder is it. And when you're looking at V8s dying and you're looking at, um, 
V10s practically dead uh, or unattainable, unaffordable. You're looking at that new uh, Aston Martin, which is a gorgeous car, but you, you know you're talking about four hundred thousand dollars too. Um, it's it's gone. Like and and those cars elicit such an emotional response when you ring it out when you drive it uh again the lexus v10 right lfa right like who'd have thought well <laughs> who'd have thought anyone would have bought a or who'd have thought lexus would ever make that and now that thing is worth double what it was um so what are those cars if they could be low horsepower it doesn't matter it's just how does it make you drive how does it make you feel i remember uh, when i first moved out to um Menifee, uh, and I still drove my Mazda two, you know, that was a, that was a, <laughs> a pretty crappy 100 horsepower lightweight. It was really lightweight, lightweight little hatchback, but it was a five speed manual. And, um, dude, I would, I would take it out to the wineries and there was a couple of twisty roads out here and I would just ring that thing out. You know, it starts smelling like brake and I'm braking a little too aggressively and, I loved it. I loved it because that little car could scoot when you're just like really putting in all your input and all your driving uh, feel in into it. So um, maybe that's what you look for in a motor. I love the fact that I want to look uh, for that in a motor. And um, we're in the last sun. We're in the sunset age. We're in the last golden era. And um, <clears throat> in in future episodes we're going to be talking about what what's it going to be like maybe in the next five years 10 years 20 years and i want to hear your thoughts your opinions uh what do you look for in a motor from my list and most importantly what's the one car motor or thing that that you you remember what's your experience with what what it's been like uh, for as a priority right like for me, taking that S2000 the first time, you know, on the freeway, driving it back home. And, and once I hit VTEC, right, like true VTEC, dual overhead cam VTEC on exhaust and intake side. Like, I'll never forget that. Um, the Lexus V8, when, when when it turns on, when it has that emotional response, right? I think the Mercedes do that as well. But, like, that's that's what really like introduced me to like the importance of a motor and, and what it's uh, going to be like for, for bringing about an experience uh, for yourself. So um, thank you guys. This is my first podcast. Um, again, I'll be hoping to do video in the future. Nothing too crazy. Again, I, I'm just your run of the mill public school teacher. I don't have many resources or much money to make this a full thing. I'm not quitting my day job anytime soon, but I really hope to uh, just shed some light into giving you some of my thoughts, perspectives, and um, uh, continue to make video content, make, you know, add this to the list. And it it gives me something to do and and, uh, keeps me productive, keeps my mind clear. And um, I can't wait to see you guys next time for uh, next uh, week or I'm planning for at least once a week uh, how car collectors are stifling car enthusiasts. So I have lots of thoughts about that one. Um, uh, just mentioning my brother is another one of that. So, and and his list. Oh, when you hear his list of cars, you already know about the Grabber Blue GT350. Well, he has a lot more too. 
and um, it'll it'll make it'll make your nerves uh, just boil knowing that he has this collection and doesn't drive it whatsoever. It makes me, but uh, then again, I'm turning in like, hey, I'm not driving any of my stuff. So I really appreciate it. Keep your mind at full throttle. We'll catch you on the next one.